Welcome to another episode of the Brisbane Football Review. It's James and Scott, and once again we're joined by Angela Bassick from the women's game. Welcome. Hello guys, thank you for having me back again. Two episodes in three weeks, yeah. Yeah. I'm doing pretty well for myself, aren't I? (laughs) Adam, don't worry about coming back. I think he's actually busy training for the next Winter Olympics (laughs) in Dubai. Anyway. They've got snow in Dubai. They do. And about as much natural snow as the last couple of Winter Olympics before Pyeongchang has. (laughs) Anyway, this is a football show. We're going to talk about... Brisbane Roar and some of the other Australian football news. We're part of the Daily Football Show Fan Network. If you can't tell, I'm just winging this intro as we go along. <laughs> Let's start off with the big game from the weekend, the W League Grand Final. What do you say? Why did you respond to that, Scott? <laughs> All right, so it was a light blue grand final between Melbourne City and Sydney FC at Allianz Stadium. And Angela, it was meant... It was not Manchester City, Melbourne City that came away winners. <laughs> yeah, Melbourne City are the first team in Australian football history to win three consecutive championships. And good on them. Well, I'm kind of a bit upset that they had to do it from fourth spot. W League's meant to be being the best all season. Were they the best all season? Probably not, but they did it when it counted. Well, really, we're going to go with Graham Arnold's rule here and say that it's a regular season that counts, right? Okay, we'll go with that. It definitely wasn't Manchester City. Like, they got knocked out of the cup on Monday, <laughs> Monday morning. <laughs> But I City just ground Sydney into the ground, didn't they, really? They had the early chance with Devana, which they probably should have taken. Mm-hmm. And after that, City, when they got the first goal, they just lost the they did to the rule. They just ground them into the... Just beat them up, really. It's what City do, really. Mm. And they're very good at it, in fairness to them. City know how to win games, and it's proven in the last three seasons that they can do it. And it almost had that sense of inevitability after Jess Fishlock's first goal. Yeah, the first goal is still a bit of a controversy surrounding it. I still don't even know what the rule is around that, but it was a brilliant goal. It was a brilliant goal, like nonetheless, even if that situation didn't happen. The strike itself was Mm. very smart, like to be able to look up and go, you know what, there's the opportunity. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Yeah, That's one of folks, because I have no idea what the rule is either again. I've gotten two different. People telling me there are different rules, and they're both referees. That's a bit concerning. Oh, yeah, I, was, I think if you sat five referees down in that situation, they'd probably give you five different rulings. I think the VAR would still be trying to find a rule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there was no VAR in this grand final, which meant that it flowed a little bit more smoothly than some of the A League games we've seen this season. Second goal came from Jody Taylor. Yeah, it was just poor, poor defending <laughs> yeah. from Sydney. It looked like they were standing there like statues, like, oh, okay. Do I go for the ball? Do I not? And Jody just picks it up and put it in. Not following it off the free kick. It's a bit of a mistake from Sydney there, and it did kill the game. Any chance Sydney had of getting back into it then was gone. That's one of those things you just look at as a bit of a coach killer error where you're just sitting there going, how many times have we covered this in (laughs) training? Follow it in and get there. Mm -hmm. And it was just very uncharacteristic of Sydney to do that. Like They've been so good throughout the whole entire season, so good at picking that up, and I'm just not sure where I went wrong in that grand final. Was it almost a case of they just they needed that first goal and once they went down, maybe it could have been a little bit mental? Yeah, Simcoe did say in the preview that Sydney do need that first goal. If they concede, 
they'll struggle to get back because Melbourne City will have that advantage yeah. over them. And they probably are going to be looking back at that missed chance that they had that you guys brought yeah. up going, you know, that bounces a little bit differently and we're talking about a very different game. It was in the eighth minute or something. That could have been a totally different game. And it could have been a totally different game if Lydia Williams wasn't in goal for Melbourne yeah. City too. She made some brilliant saves yeah. and she's the reason why they did win in the end. Yeah. So three in a row for Melbourne City. Massive achievement, as you said. The first football side in Australia to do three in a row. <laughs> it might draw some criticism, you know, for making the league a little bit boring. But you know what? They, they win. Good for them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's good for women's football in general, actually, to see a women's team win three in a row. It has been 10 seasons of the W League. It's been pretty much, I believe, Melbourne Victory, Raw, Sydney, Canberra have all won it, yeah. and Melbourne City's the 15. And they've raised the standard of Melbourne City yeah. as well. So that teams now have to chase. And in fairness, a couple of teams did chase them hard this year, but... They're still the standard bearers when it gets to that knockout competition. And my philosophy on this, you know, regardless of the sport, whether it's Melbourne City in the W League, Sydney FC in the A League, you know, Patriots in the NFL, Crusaders in Super Rugby, if you're sick of a team winning, beat them. Mm-hmm. I know, yeah. of course, it's easy to say. <laughs> yeah, but... I will also say, if that's a pretty good A League grand final, I'd be very happy with Sydney losing another home final. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> that. True Melbourne City, though? I'd, that's fine. They're not Hello. Sydney. Hello, Sky Be- Sky Blue Views, by yeah. the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, Angela, the like, main reason we wanted to have you on today is to go back over the W League season in general, use your expertise here, yep. and say, just, I actually think this was the most fun I've had watching the W League in the 10 years it's been going around. I think it's been a brilliant season in the W League. I think the imports that um, have been brought over by each individual coach has really lifted the standard of the league to another level I haven't seen before. I remember season 10 seasons ago watching it as a young girl and it was just a bit, it was more scrappy football. It was the kind of football that you love seeing where it's rough and tough and doesn't matter if you pretty much tackle the crap out of someone, they're going to get back up. But now it's just, it's a more fluid type of football. It's a not like a better type of football, but it's just a higher standard, yeah. I think. It's maturing. It's maturing, yeah. And the fact that they are able to lure a, a lot of better players across now, that's going to raise the standard overall as well. Yeah, the... the um implementation of the players coming over from the NWSL has really lifted the standard significantly, hasn't it? I mean, there have been some brilliant players. You mentioned Fishlock earlier. There's a bunch of them over here, and they have lifted the standard. I will also say, the Raw being on top of the table just about the whole way kind of adds to the enjoyment, I think. Oh, yeah. Just having the Raw from that perspective up the top was really good, but you're right, the standard was really good this year. And it was great to see Raw come back from finishing seventh yeah. last season to winning the Premiership this season. It really does show how good of how important the preseason is to W League preparations. And it does also show that every team has a fairly good chance to win until yep. they play Melbourne City in finals. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty true. Yeah, you can't, it's pretty tough to beat Melbourne City in finals. <laughs> so who would you give your player of the season to? Oh, my player of the season would definitely be... I, I'm a bit biased here, but I do think Emily Sonner or Carson Pickett would have been the two best ones in the league. Even though maybe they're a bit more quiet than other players... I do think that they really added something to each each of their teams. Yeah, I'll leave raw players out of it for the moment and just go with players I saw play against the raw up here. I thought Emily Van Egmond was brilliant when she played against the raw up at Redcliffe. She really ran the show in a in a game where the raw I can't believe they didn't score a goal at least in that game. But Emily Van Egmond was excellent. Yeah. So I'll go with her. I'm having a very very senile moment now. <laughs> I know who I'm thinking. Like, using Scott's <laughs> yeah. criteria, there was a Perth striker that scored. Rachel the- Hill. Rachel, Rachel Hill. Hill. Yeah. Thank you. You're right. I, I, yeah. <laughs> Apologies that. It was a very long time ago, but I remember seeing her in the early stages of the season just being really impressed by that. So Yeah. She was an impressive player and I hope she comes back to Perth and hope 
hopefully Kerr stays there and they can use more combinations together with Rodriguez. Or she comes to Brisbane. like <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit of a dream, but yeah. <laughs> well, all right, so we'll move on to a raw perspective now because obviously the season ended a week earlier than what a lot of fans would have been hoping for, but it was still, I would say, as a really enjoyable season. The doubleheaders at Suncorp were the biggest plus of the season for me because it really did expose the team to a much wider audience than you get with the standalone games at AJ Kelly Park, which, no offence, is a long way away. It is very long. It is a long way away. It's kind of a hoodoo ground now. I don't think we've won a game there in the past two seasons, so... Sorry, AJ Kelly, and sorry, Pen Power. Don't, don't really want to go back. <laughs> yeah, Scott's actually just going to text our friend Jordan yeah, at the moment to say, by the way, it's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. The double headers were absolutely brilliant mm. for the crowds. I mean, it was good to see. And it was actually good to see people actually turn up because in the past I've done double headers and the crowds haven't been so good. This year they've been really good, particularly for the last game against Canberra. Well, winning helps. It does yeah. help. But yeah. even before they were going for the Premiership, the crowds were really good all year. But they were getting, I think they got 4,000 plus for the last two home yeah. games. So there is certainly interest there. It's, it does interest there. It's just, I think the advertising and marketing of those games just needs to be done a tiny bit better and something that the Raw Corps really want to push for next season. And the one thing Adam, who isn't here today, is I'm sure everyone's gathered because I mentioned that about eight minutes <laughs> yeah. ago. Can you tell He's I started skiing. at 5.30 this morning? Being in Dubai, as you said. Yeah, so the one thing that, he always says he's like scheduling across the board does need to be addressed. And I know there are a lot of issues with, you know, the one thirty kickoffs in the middle of January in Brisbane. That might be something that going forward will need to be addressed as well, but there does need to be a practical solution of it as well. That's why I do like the Newcastle idea where they experimented with games after the A-League. Son of a... I was about to say that. Yeah. Well, I just thought I'd beat you too. I thought it's worth trying, I think, to see what... I'm interested to see how many people do hang around after the A-League game. It is, it's worth trying anyway. It is something that the women's game are looking into. There is a report coming out that um, one of our writers has organised and she's collected data from the past 10 seasons of how many people come to attendance um, to games and stuff like that. So it's really interesting to see the outcome of those results. Yeah, well, all I'm thinking actually is this weekend against Newcastle, if it was still W League season, this would be the perfect opportunity to test that out because you've got the 4.30 A-League yeah. kickoff get the W League with a 7, 7.15 kickoff, and yeah, you'll have the regular complaints that, oh, it's too late for families, but it's a Saturday night. It, well, it's a Saturday night. They really can't complain it's too late for families. And normal kickoff time is usually like 6.30, 7 o'clock on exactly, Saturday yeah. night. <laughs> just, give, just give the kids espressos. That's fine, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, who knows? It's all good. It's worth trying. I mean, why not? Yeah. All right, so with the Raw, best moment for me would have been just that moment at full time when they won the Premier's Plate, because... Why not? <laughs> there were some other really good moments in the season at Suncorp, particularly I'm thinking the Melbourne City home game where oh, okay. where that that goal in general was just absolutely brilliant. And to actually win that home game, I think you could see how much it meant to the players. But you're right, the Canberra game, just the last 20 minutes of that, when everyone knew that the Premiership was won and it was just a celebration, that was great. It was so weird seeing a Brisbane side do something not in the final <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think my one would have to go back to the first round of the season and be beating Sydney FC. Beating Sydney FC is just something it's something good about beating them. And beating them 3-1 is even better. Yeah. Uh, on In Sydney as well. Yeah, so. and especially when a lot of people and pundits didn't give Brisbane Roar a chance this season, to see them beat one of the favourites, which was Sydney FC, was pretty good. Yeah, and was it Gorry got the goal in the first two minutes or something? Yeah. <laughs> that was good. That's a good start to the year, that. Yeah, absolutely. 
So, standout players, for me, I've got a soft spot for the defensive mid position, and Celeste Barrier was phenomenal there. Like, for me, one of the best imports this season. I agree. She had really added something that Mel was looking for, and that was a person who could be essential. So who could look after that back one and, with, and allow Katrina to run forward and do what Katrina does best. The recruitment in general was really excellent. You look at you mentioned Bure, Pickett was excellent. Haley Razzo was really good, particularly on the left hand side. Waki Chung, not so much, but the recruitment was really good for Player of the Year. I think Polkinghorne has to be. Oh yeah, yeah. I shout, just as a leader and reading the play was brilliant, but. I mentioned Raza. Also, Mackenzie Arnold with six clean sheets is what to mention as well. And she's had a lot of really good players well. this year, as evidenced by the fact there's so many in the Matildas. Yes, that's right. Well, we'll worry about next season yeah. a little bit later, but <laughs> I just want to talk, touch on this story that Scott alluded to. There were a, a few raw players named in Alan Stage's squad for the Algarve Cup, but one, one player has actually been forced yeah. to withdraw. Yes, Emily Gilnick is out with an injury. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I just had to confirm that before. <laughs> I saw it this afternoon. <laughs> so it was Arnold, Butt, Gorry, Polkinghorn, and Rasso. And yep. based on form, you'd say thoroughly deserved. Yeah, thoroughly deserved. They played probably in the best in their positions they did for anyone in W League. There's no denying that Polkinghorn was the best central defender all year. Yep. If anyone tries to change my mind, they're a bit wrong. <laughs> <laughs> good luck with that. Yeah, good luck with that. But she played a phenomenal brand of football this season. It's just something I haven't seen from her in last two seasons. Mm. And then, so they're going to play Norway, Portugal, and China in the group stage. At the Algarve Cup. Yeah. Yep. yep. That's coming up next week. Yep. Yeah. Um, March 1st is the first game. It's a That's very lovely 5.30am game. Maybe oh, that fine. is Sydney time. But I will be up for that. <laughs> oh, God, I hope it's not Sydney time. <laughs> Adam's covering it. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Yeah. And, of course, this Australian national team is playing a game not in Brisbane again yep. with the send-off clash versus Thailand in Perth on March 26. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I ain't got tickets to go over, so, oh, yeah, <laughs> yep, I'm going over to Perth. It's really crazy how much a plane ticket costs to Perth. <laughs> Especially when you're going to be spending, what, is a 10-hour return trip and there's only about two hours' worth of things to do. It's also travelling back in time to the <laughs> yeah. when you get there. <laughs> But yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the farewell clash in Perth against Thailand. Probably not everyone's favourite opponent, but they are an emerging nation in women's football, so it'll be good to see. It's, an, it's a, yeah, Matilda's game, and we would have loved it to have been in Brisbane, right? <laughs> you can thank the Queensland government for that. <laughs> oh, we do. <laughs> so there's an Asian Cup group stage, South, South Korea, Vietnam, and Japan. Top two progressed to the semifinals in the 2019 Women's World Cup. Yeah, that's a massive tournament for the Matildas. That if they don't make the World Cup, that would be a huge disappointment. Yeah, the, I think they will, though. Surely, Alan Stage has. I spoke to Alan Stage a few weeks ago about this. Now for a story, and he said that twelve months ago they sat down with the girls, and the girls wanted to be number three in the world. That is their aim, and their aim is to make the World Cup. And he hasn't. He hasn't got a doubt in his mind that they won't make the World Cup. He doesn't believe that they'll win every game, but he does believe they'll get there. We're almost at that point, though, where from a fan's perspective rather than a player's, you think maybe they're not they should win every game, but they're a pretty good chance. Yeah, I think he just wants to be a bit realistic with the girls, saying that if you don't win every game, it's not the end of the world, that there's always other games to win. We just want to make the World Cup. Yeah. And I think the fan perspective is always important because the fans do expect them to win every game. It's mm-hmm. like Sam Curtis score screaming goals every game as well at the moment. So. Well, how many players have they got capable of scoring screaming goals as well? Yeah. So. Well, a couple of them are out now, with Gilnick and Caitlin Ford, so time for some other people to step up, maybe. Exactly. All right, so that's going to be it for segment one of the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back to look at some local action right after this. 
You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Angela here with you today. And we're going to talk about the NPL and apparently an FFA Cup draw that we all just found out about. (laughs) We're here for the Daily Football Show Fan Network, of course. And let's go into the NPL Queensland results from the weekend. Redlands 2-0 over Gold Coast. 2-2 between Strikers and Moreton Bay. City 2, South West Queensland Thunder 3. Western Pride 6-1 over North Queensland United. Mackay and Whitsunday's... Pies Crusaders United oh, FC, 3-2 over Sunshine Coast. <laughs> Raw Youth 2-3, uh, went down 2-3 to Cairns uh, FC, and Olympic 1-0 over Lions in perhaps the upset of the round. It was a good game. It was oh. a big game of the round, actually. I don't know if it's an upset or not, but it's a very big yeah, game. Yeah, they're the only two, two teams that there. were winning every game yeah. and winning them convincingly. I thought that, from memory, though, I thought Lions were pretty heavily favoured in that. I could be hallucinating. It is entirely possible. I've had a very long day. <laughs> but let's talk about the games we were at. And we're going to start with Scott and I. We had okay. a mandate on Sunday, on Saturday evening at Perry Park. Yeah, you were trying to get me in trouble with the strikers people. I've got a thing I've said. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Vince can take some of the blame for that yeah. too. <laughs> but we got to see an absolutely phenomenal game between strikers and Morton Bay United in a rematch of the semi-final last year. Yes, it was actually a really good game. It was an intense game between... I think strikers were clearly desperate to get something out of the game, given the coach was up all game, yelling at it, just trying to get things going, but... Wait, the Morton Bay coach? No, strikers. Oh, Morton Bay was too. Yeah, yeah he, he does was, that. Yeah. <laughs> but it was... A, it was I thought Morton Bay were good value for their lead, but strikers, they came back into it the last 20 minutes and really pushed up. They, I think they deserved their equaliser. Definitely. But it was just chaos. Yeah, the final... <laughs> the last five seven, minutes was just chaos. Oh, yeah, where there was a penalty for handball, which... Yep. Converted seemed... by Michael Lee. Yes, yep. and look, that was a really good finish as well. I think that was top right yep. corner. Yeah, that was in the 90th minute. And about a minute later, there was another penalty for what James says is a dive. I was I thought it was very, phone. very soft, and yeah. there might have been a little bit of uh, falling over before. I could have done with a replay. But oh, there's highlights somewhere on Football Queensland. I haven't seen so... those yet. Yes, I need to find those at some point, but... <laughs> I do too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was also, that was an old penalty converted by Michael Lee, but which Matt Byrne getting a red card. Which was a shame because he had a phenomenal game yeah. uh, in the lead up to that. He made a few really key blocks, a couple of big tackles, and it ended his night on a very yeah. sour note. But yeah, in the end, it sort of balanced out because the strikers managed to come back. Oh, not Morton strikers. Morton, Morton Bay. Come back. Come back. 93rd minute with a goal mouse scramble. De- yeah, desperation ball <laughs> yeah. into the box, and it was basically a kick over their head. Not a bicycle kick, but... Yeah, I'm not sure it was actually meant to go in, but... <laughs> or if it was just... Throw yourself at the ball and see where it ends yeah. up. Or if it was just, I think the goal's that way, I'm yeah. going to swing a leg at it and see what happens. <laughs> and there was a little bit of confusion about whether or not the ball crossed the line, but the AR on or the far side from where we were sitting was pretty decisive, saying, yeah. yep, goal, get back. And yeah, that was just... An amazing ending. Yeah. That was fun. And I will get my shot in. They're no longer winless. No longer pointless, but they're still winless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still winless. So the Redlands game, Angela, what can you tell us about that? Yeah, it was actually a great win to 
well, finally good to get a win. We've had a loss, we've had a draw, we had a win. It's all we wanted. And a clean sheet. And a clean sheet. That's what we I'm wanted too. I'm imagining the coach is most happy about that. Yeah, Nick was looking for a 1-0 win. <laughs> yeah. But a 2-0 will do the trick for us. Twice as good. Twice this was good. a really good game to watch on the live stream as well. Yeah, Yama's keep forgetting some amazing player. He is a brilliant yeah. pickup from North Pine from the BPL. I don't know how anyone else didn't pounce yeah. on him already. 26 goals last season in his games. And he's got, what, five goals yeah. in three games? Whatever you do, don't oversell him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'll probably wind up in NPL Victoria at this rate. Yeah, yeah we, we, we're we pretty sure he's going to stay the rest of the season here, thankfully. <laughs> but yeah, I just I don't know how anyone didn't pick him up before this. And he's a he's a brilliant yeah. asset to have for Redlands, who had struggled scoring last season. Dylan Wenzel Halls is also on fire in the goals as well. The two of them are going head-to-head for that golden boot, I think. Oh yeah, it'll be interesting to see who finishes <laughs> actually finishes the season with the golden boot. Yeah. Or it could be someone completely random who comes through at the end of the season. Who knows? <laughs> Either way, there's a lot to look forward to. Uh, Brisbane City went down to southwest Queensland. And the lights went down too, I believe. I'm not dead to believe. <laughs> How many games? I think that's been every week where there's been some sort of lights outage. Did they play this at Walsall Park, did they? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Anyway. So I still can't get over. That was the best night, that. Yeah, I can't. I still remember I was in Thailand following you and Adam covering yeah. that FFA Cup game. And next thing I see, this is the scene. And it was a pitch black photo. Yeah. <laughs> Sitting five metres away from the Morton Bay board. I can't repeat the words that came out of their mouth when the lights cut out 15 <laughs> seconds into extra time. <laughs> and I get the feeling those words may have been repeated a few times yeah. since. Anyway, uh, first ever win for Mackay with Sunday's Magpies Crusaders United FC. I've got to come up with a better acronym for that. <laughs> I just call you Maga- Magpies Crusaders. Yep. That's a new name. <laughs> I just, uh, I've got a reason. Yeah, they to call like themselves it. that, so go yeah, with it, yeah. I'm just going with what they call themselves. 3 2 over Sunshine Coast. It's an Roy... important result for them as well to get off the mark. Yes. And not unexpected yeah. with the way Sunshine Coast has been going. Yeah. Mm. And the Raw Youth went down to Cairns FC. Now, that was in Logan, wasn't it? Yeah, Columbia yeah, that... Park. And you just reacted very strongly I'm there, just... Angela. Yeah, it's a very interesting thing because Gold Coast beat Cairns when they first played yeah. at the start of the season. Gold Coast were. Okay, when they played Redlands, and I'm sorry to the people of Gold Coast, but it was just not happening. Yeah, I agree It just with that. wasn't good football. And I don't know what was happening there if they had the two players they had sent off the previous week had affected that. But watching, seeing raw youth go down to Cairns when they've been so consistent and so good, I don't know what's happened yeah. there. It was a bit of a late fade out, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a 93rd minute winner for Jamie Carroll, but you're right. When they're all up 2 1 with 15 minutes to go, again, after two wins as well, you're right. Yeah, it's just, I'm, I'm not too sure, but. It's interesting to yeah. see, and good luck to Redlands who play them in two weeks' time. <laughs> I'm looking forward... Be there for that. Yeah, looking forward, though, I think you're going to see a pretty clear divide between the sides that have proper intentions on the finals yeah. and the ones that are just simply trying to survive this first season under yeah, you're, the You're right. The teams that are trying to make the finals in the A-League are down the bottom at the moment. It's great. <laughs> City and strikers are the bottom two at the moment. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, like, the approaches as well. Yeah, so. I know what you mean. Yeah, that will change. Those two sides will be up there... It's the MPL, it's the first few rounds, yeah. everything changes after. It's a longer season this year as well. Oh, yeah. As long as it's not like the club competition that I used to play in where they'd regrade you after four weeks and, if needed, again after 12. <laughs> <laughs> Although that was affectionately known as the Beer League for very obvious yeah. reasons. Anyway, uh, round four this weekend, it is Lions versus North Queensland, Strikers versus South West Queensland, Moreton Bay versus Olympic, Cairns versus Redlands, Makaya Crusaders against Pride and Gold Coast United versus City. I just want to know what genius put all of these games on essentially at the same time as the Raw A-League match. Angela, any idea? 
probably oh, I probably should say anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll just pass it that way. I'm not going near that. Yeah, that's I've got a big issue with that because yeah. if you want to really try and engage the community yeah. as much as possible, maybe say, all right, we're going to put our games on Friday and Sunday. Leave the space there. And, you know, vice versa later in the season. Well, let's be honest. I don't think anyone actually knew who the teams were going into the competition a month <laughs> out from when the draw came yeah. out. <laughs> True. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so Sunday is Sunshine Coast versus Raw Youth, 2 p.m. at Kiwana. Yes. I'm a nice not drive up to Sunshine Coast. I'm not going to go visit my parents on the weekend. Nope. In part because I'm working on Sunday. That reminds me. Anyway, yeah. NPLW. Okay. Wins for Morton Bay, Kapalabar, Lions, Gap, East and South. Now, Scott, we had a question on the Raw NTC side. Yes. What are they? I believe it's a women's team. It's basically the QAS women's team with yeah. a couple of younger squad, Raw so, squad players. Um, the QAS doesn't exist anymore yep. from the side of it. So now it's just fully gone on to the National Training well, National Training Centre yep. team, which is what they are called around Australia now. Yep. So it's just the best young girls in Queensland, yep. or essentially southeast Queensland currently. They get a few yep. girls from North Queensland down, and that's what they are. Usually during the season, they'll get a few Brisbane Raw girls from the W League side who need to prepare yeah. for preseason to play in the games. Awesome. Uh, uh, had a good win over Western Pride on Monday night as well. Oh, yeah, they were brilliant. Had 70% of possession from what I've heard. Yeah. Were absolutely phenomenal. As expected from the Raw, of course, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, FQPL wins for Rochdale, Penn Power, Wanderers, Kapalabar, and Ipswich Knights. That's Sunshine Coast Wanderers for those playing along at home. I thought the Western Sydney Wanderers had a side in the FQPL. They can do, yeah. <laughs> well, they did invent local football. Exactly. So. Anyway, uh, FFA Cup, Brisbane's own round one winners. Annalee, Bethania, Brisbane Athletic, and a bunch of other teams. I'm not reading that <laughs> list. That's, that's just not good broadcasting. So, yeah. postponed was Ipswich City and Park Ridge, and there was a draw on the Football Brisbane Facebook page, which, again, I'm not going to go and read out all of those fixtures. You can go find it yourself. Football Brisbane on Facebook. All right, so that's going to be it for segment three. I just re- segment two. I just realised where we were in the run sheet. We'll be back after this Brisbane football review. You're listening to the Brisbane football review. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Brisbane football review. It's James Scott and Angela here, and for segment three, we're going to talk about some news. Start off with the A League recap. Western Sydney Wanderers 2-2 against Newcastle. Let's skip the VAR stuff and just go Andrew Naboo. Holy, yeah, like, what a that goal. That is ridiculous, that. Outside I, of the foot. I dude. didn't watch it live, but when I watched a replay on the, was it this, I don't know, the one after the grand final, the WLE grand final. With, uh, shootout. Yeah, shootout. Yeah. I was just like, how? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How was that even possible? I did like how they replayed how he tried it against Perth a couple of years yeah. ago. Flag. <laughs> Which shows that he's not exactly infallible when it comes to that sort of strike, but when it comes off, yeah. it is absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Wellington won against Perth, probably because the game wasn't actually being played in Perth, like they always want. Also because Castro tried that ridiculous penalty. Oh yes. my god, yes. <laughs> yes. That, was yeah. <laughs> that was brilliant. I was actually about getting ready to yeah. tee off on that. But... Oh, go ahead if you like. How many times do I say this? When you take a penalty, just hit the damn thing hard. Don't overthink it. Penalties are the most simple thing. Hit, pick a side and hit it hard. Yeah, don't be a bit of a silly person and just smash it down the middle. Oh, it's, just yeah. don't think you can beat the goalkeeper in the middle because sometimes goalkeepers aren't yeah. that stupid. Maybe he came not, back ev- on- not everyone's under appeal at the Euros where you yeah. can get away with that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he actually came back and put in some effort on defence once or twice and 
that might have left no energy in his legs. I don't think so. Not, not possible. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh my God, that was just... Oh, I couldn't believe it. So it was half-time of the Strikers game. I was checking my phone and just saw everyone having a meltdown about the yep. penalty. And, yeah. Had a right to have a meltdown. <laughs> it was just... I couldn't believe it. It was hilarious. And then the final game of the round, Adelaide 2-2 Central Coast Mariners. Ursan Gulam decided to leave early to go be at the birth of his child. Good for him. I haven't seen a thing of this game. I, got... <laughs> I still don't know what happened in the game. All I know is he got cited for something he did. Apparently he said some not very nice words to an official as he was after he was sent off. Well, so... you can't do that, mate. Like You can't swear at a ref. Everyone knows that. If they hear it, you're... You're, yeah, you're done. That, that is honestly one thing that does surprise me about match officials, match officials. And look, I do like to bag them out, but if I was one, I'd be carting players left, right, and centre the minute they looked at me funny. <laughs> I'm that sensitive. So they've clearly got to have a very thick skin, but I'm act, I am genuinely surprised you don't get more people getting carted. Well, the what I've been told by referee, and I've asked this question numerous times, is that if they hear you swear... You can get a red card. It doesn't matter yeah. if it's in the direction of the referee. If you swear on the field, you can get a card. But yeah. so some, this, this some... happened last year in the Raw MPL. Yeah. In, <laughs> yeah, I, I won't repeat, even go won't near what you said. that word. Yes. No. But it was... Um... It was just after that directive came out about those words you're not supposed to Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> There's seven words you can't say on yeah. radio. <laughs> anyway, that's like a Graham Kennedy skit. But, yeah, it was uh, amusing and... We'll let the other people debate whether or not that was a foul. We're going to move on to Enrique News. He's, He's back, back training with the Raw. He's back, yeah. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Aloisi was pretty clear that he's not going to be coming back and playing for the Raw this season, which, based on his apparent lack of fitness, seems like a pretty smart call. Yeah, I'm really enjoying the much of his joke. He's not old enough to play for the Raw yet. Yeah, I can't believe yeah. that only 200,000 people have made that joke yeah. in the last 24 hours. I don't think he'll be playing next year, though. I think they're keeping him around for a reason. Yeah, he's. I reckon he's just a nice um, a role model to the young people in the team. He's done it before. He's won championships. He's been there through the tough times Brisbane Roar have had, and I think he's just someone good to have around. Well, I think I said it either last week, two weeks ago, or something, but I'm not actually sure I want him back. Like, the number, like Even if he came back saying, I want to play that super sub role, he's unfortunately got that competitive gene of going... I can do more than that. I think it'd have to be the super sub role, really. Yeah. Even he's been out of the league for a couple of years playing over in lower leagues in Asia. And I love the guy for what he's done for the Roar in his stints here, but yeah. And I do like the way he's going about it, though, with training and then joining an MPL side in the next couple of weeks, probably, to stay sharp. Yeah. As opposed to just trying to come back into preseason training in July. And look, let's be honest, if worst case scenario happens in the next month and another 10 players get injured, there are worse people to call on for an injury <laughs> yeah. <play> contract. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, I've actually been a little bit surprised how split the opinion has been, like, in some of our social channels about, you know, it's either I'm totally against this or I'm absolutely 100% for yeah. it. There doesn't really seem to be a middle ground. I just think people sometimes also get a confused of why he's there. Everyone automatically assumes he's going to be signed by Brisbane Raw, and I don't think people have realised that that's not the case. So Alice has come yeah. out and said they're not signing him. I just think he's just there for just training, yeah. getting his fitness up, but also there for moral support for the team. And look, it is something that I think A-League clubs are going to have to do across the board going yeah, forward, is bringing back yeah. some of the former players. It's not a, not unusually that Matt Smith was training with the Raw back in December when he was here on a holiday. I think Seb Usai was training with them when he was back. 
as well from Europe, so it's not unusual for players to be added to training at the Raw. Yeah, it never hurts to have an extra body. No. Mm. All right, so uh, first news story we're going to talk about is David Gallup making a blatantly obvious statement (sighs) that the A-League is suffering through a bit of a slump. He was speaking... Thanks for that. Never didn't notice that. Yeah. (laughs) This is, I would say, what, what I hope turns out to be the downturn year that Australian football, or at least in the men's game, has needed where it might be, you know, one step backwards to two steps forward. But, yeah, Gallup I said, don't think it's going to change the next year either because they're talking about 2019 making real changes. But, anyway. But, yeah, I don't know. At least, ne- at least yeah. next year, though, there could be something concrete to look forward to. The thing is, with what he's saying, there's plenty of excuses and general ideas and stating problems, but absolutely no solutions from him. And he's running the game. Yeah. I mean, surely you should be able to come up with some solutions... Well, the isn't three that, of us that, could come up with solutions well, for some of these. I've got two solutions just on the marketing alone. How about a new marketing campaign? <laughs> I know it worked well last year. Yeah, Yoshi was good. Yeah, and they have fan ambassadors this year, but where are they? Yeah, I haven't heard of them. Since. Every club has them. You Wait, know? we have a fan ambassador? Yeah, some little kid. Everyone's got oh, a little okay. kid who's um, a fan ambassador. That really ambassador. speaks volumes. I had yeah. no clue we had one. Yeah, they, it was involved in the launch. So, But they haven't oh, been seen since. Oh, those photos. Now I remember. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they've also done the summer football thing, which has been done before, but can we have something new, please? Just I... a new idea, some new, fresh, exciting ideas. I mean, when, I hate referring to this, when the AFL come up with a good marketing campaign, they don't recycle it. They use a new one the next year. So I think that's something different I need to look at. And look, as much as we make fun of the AFL for so many, many, many things, they, <coughs> do, AFLX. they, do, get some, they do get this sort of stuff right. Yeah. And the one thing that I think they probably could learn from the AFL is that long-term plan. Like, we've seen it with AFLW, where they might have taken a bit of a financial hit running that competition the last couple of years, but look how many people they're getting in the door. Yeah, it's, even if those people aren't paying for football at the moment, it's something that, seeing like 15,000 people fill a stadium, it's something that those girls have never been used to before. It's just the optics of it, if nothing else. And it does <laughs> need to sell the story of Australian football better as well. I mean, there's some terrific stories around the game, particularly on the women's side as well now. They're not being sold enough. Well, crazily enough, we had FFA calling up, well, it was probably three seasons ago now, asking, what are the best W League stories you have? We sent them off a whole bunch. Nothing happened. Still waiting for them? Still waiting. Still waiting. I just gave them ideas. (laughs) Nothing else. I remember even at uni, though, thinking, I I did an advertising course and said, all right, here's an A-League campaign. And I think it was something along the lines of, you know, my story where you could say, oh, I remember my first A-League game was this. Speaking of uni, if you've done what the FFA have done with marketing and stuff, you get called plagiarism at university. All they do is just copying the same stuff from last year. If, is it plagiarism if you're copying yourself, though? Yeah. Well, still plagiarism, right? <laughs> the, the good thing, you can, I reckon you can copy yourself, but you have to have a good, solid idea like yeah. the... Like the AFL do with, like, say, their Pride round, yeah. or even with the NRL with their Indigenous rounds, or the Marvel round. Yeah, they, yeah, they do have a lot. Marvel of, like, round. I love Marvel round. They do have a lot of individual rounds in those competitions. It's something maybe the FFA could look at as Fo- well. Football appreciation round, instead of just um, <laughs> Star Wars round, which I know I, you enjoyed. I did. I, I love I, the Stormtroopers. <laughs> that was brilliant. Even if yeah. they're on the field for like thirty seconds. <laughs> That, that was fun though, and look for a one-off for a one-off promotion. That's fine. Yeah. Like you don't want to have teams coming out in you know Star Wars themed jerseys twice a season. Oh my god, oh, can you imagine that? that? They did that for the World Cup bit. I know. Yeah. That. Yeah, that that was a game that I feel like I want to forget because the Raw lost that week anyway, and it was Probably. just blank on the jersey. But 
Yeah, there's a whole lot to be done, and I think first and foremost, it is just general yeah. awareness of the A-League. Like, how many people do you talk to and go, oh, is that still running? Yeah, we should have some actual proper advertising going on, not just E-League advertising, that'd be good. Yeah. It's, a, it's the same thing with the W-League, though, and it comes down to yeah. the thing that women's football has been running in this country, well, not even well, but we now have the Matildas who are fourth in the world, and now finally something's been done about it, but yeah. still it's not enough. And it is, well, it's a whole of football problem. It's not yeah. just the A-League. It's not just women's football. It's, it's every competition they yeah. run. Yeah. They could do so much better at marketing it and telling the stories of those competitions. And look, I was very much in the camp of, you know, getting a fresh start with yeah. the A-League, moving on from the NSL. But I feel like now you almost have to go back to, you know, some of those clubs and say, all right, we're ready to, I suppose, try and integrate Certainly more. when you're talking FFA Cup, you have to tell those stories. Mm. Like when Sydney United play South Melbourne, you should tell the stories of those games. Didn't they have NFL. a few of those coming out? Like when they went around to local clubs in the like NPL, they did a few stories. Maybe it was a Fox Sports yeah, thing. It was a Fox was, Sports yeah. thing, but that was really brilliant to see, yeah. and they had a few. But that's Fox clubs. doing it. It's not shouldn't be up to them. I think to it's do the it. it should be yeah. to be doing this. Yeah, yeah. So safe to say, they just need more more yeah, work. Lift your game. Much. And what I actually feel like could be done for that is. Let the clubs do something as well. Like they yeah. know their markets better than anyone. You would hope. New yeah, you hope. <laughs> but like, so let them do something and say, "All right, well, we know that you know our fan base is based around here. Let us target something to try and grow it. Like, let them engage with local clubs and say, "All right, you know, if you're from this club, you can get tickets." And see, that's another big problem too. That clubs in the A League don't interact with their local NPL no. clubs, with their BPL clubs, with anything. It's just like a huge gap too, and I think that's another problem that FFA that's are facing. It's dropped off so much in the last few years. It's getting worse every year. And you can talk, you can talk to any NPL club, and they're so frustrated with their a, with their W League club, A League club, because nothing's being done. They don't see them anywhere, any games. It's just all about them. Mm. So there is obviously a lot to be done, and. You do almost worry that a lot of this is just lip service with FIFA coming in. And yeah, that's the big thing. And you really hope that there is something concrete. One of those concrete announcements, though, was the fact that the A-League is now going to expand in 2019-20. Well, is it concrete or was it just we're going to release some criteria soon and, all oh, look, FIFA's here, we better say something? I don't know. That was just the best segue I could come yeah. up with in my head. Yeah. The thing is, though, haven't teams already put in their bids? Like yeah. Brisbane City have, yeah. pretty sure Brisbane Strikers have. Fox put a graphic up of bids that are in. So Sunshine Coast, Western Pride, Brisbane City, Brisbane Strikers, South West Sydney, Southern Expansion, Wollongong, Canberra, South Melbourne, South East Melbourne, Geelong, Tasmania, West Adelaide, and Perth. Can we just say we don't need another Melbourne team? Like, yeah. there's two there <laughs> yeah, already, well, and that's enough. That is actually something that I yeah. want to get into a little bit more detail on, because just looking at those numbers, to me, that almost screams like you've got a second division. There. Yeah. You've got, like, right yeah. off the bat, launch, you could almost say, all right, screw it, we're going to give you guys some practice games next season, and then come 2019-20 two of you are coming yeah. into the league and the rest are going to be the second division. Yeah. But the question is, where do you have your two bids, Scott? I, I really do not care where they come from. Just give me the best two bids. Canberra. Whatever, whatever yeah. the best two bids are is the two teams that I would like to see in. I'm really annoyed that sudden expansion seem to have been given a nod and a wink that you're in. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous to me. I think Make them earn well, it with a proper plan in public because it's not right that they just get it given to them because it's Sydney. 
Well, as we've learned from the NFL, a verbal agreement doesn't always mean anything. Just ask the Indianapolis Colts and Josh yes. McDaniels. <laughs> I definitely think Canberra needs a team. Yeah. Like they have yes. a, they have a yeah. brilliant W League team. It's been run very well. As much as everyone doesn't yeah. like capital football, might have different opinions to them. I think that they've run the game really well down there. They're trying their best. They just they need the they're, support. They're an established club as well. They've yeah. got the W League side. They've got a youth team in the NPL, so they're closest to being ready, I think. But I think again, all these markets I just mentioned could almost be seriously considered. One thing I don't want to see is another Brisbane side. I don't think we can support two Brisbane sides in um, Brisbane here. We can barely support our own uh, own A League team already. But it's yeah. I, I think it's we... going to happen though. Right or wrong. For me, yeah, I feel like yeah. the Brisbane does seem to be an area that they're targeting, yeah. which would be nice to see something above the Tweed border get some sort of attention I from think the national body. Again, I think it's the TV broadcasters want more derbies. Yes. And this yeah. is the one they, I think they think they can and, it, and I feel like the best argument for that is actually it could possibly galvanise that Brisbane, like football Brisbane community, where you say, all right, now you've got an alternative to the Raw. You're either... If you're a Raw fan who might be feeling a little bit disenfranchised, you now have the choice where you say, all right, I'm going back all in with the Raw, or I might jump onto City slash Strikers slash somebody else. Yeah. For That's me, pride. Yeah. For me, though, the two bids, I want to see one new market. Like, Canberra would be the best option. Yeah. There is also the potential to target Tasmania. I yeah. just want to see something new. Like, we've got Brisbane, we've got the capital cities, just not the national capital or yeah. Hobart. So... Try and get Darwin a team. also, but that's a long shot. Yeah, Darwin yeah. I don't see yeah. as a short-term no. option. And then, I, yeah, I'm not too sure about the second side. It does seem like yeah. we're going to get a derby somewhere. I and why not Brisbane? Because that's more football for I us to go Perth to. Perth also might actually be an outside chance here because that opens up extra broadcasting times with the late kickoffs and stuff. They could actually have a um, team, what's the name I'm thinking of? Maybe like a Force-type name. They play in yeah. blue and black, perhaps? You made this joke to me on Saturday. Yeah, well, no one yeah, else had heard it, all right? So thanks for screwing that up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the other point you also noticed, Scott, though, what's was this? the date of the expansion and how it coincides with a certain franchise's oh, yes. metrics. Um, Wellington's franchise, the first four years of their 10-year deal is up. At the end of 2018-19, I believe, so you could you could bring three teams in and remove Wellington. And that goes back to what I've been saying all along. Yeah. Ditch Wellington and bring in three teams. What happens to Wellington then? That's a good question because as much as it's a pain to have them in an Australian league, I if they were run better, I do see the value of having them in there and having the value of trying to support their own players from around that area. What happens to those players? It's a big who year don't for get them it? next year to yeah. get it right. They have to get it right at some stage soon. I think they might get the set, second three years given to them because I don't think FFA will want to bring three new teams in at that time. But I just keep oh, they are running out of time quickly. Yeah. Right? As for the metrics thing, which yeah. you just brought up, I mean, FFA say that Wellington's metrics are bad. I think their metrics are as bad, by the way. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just not a. I just feel like thinking ahead 2019 20, what am I going to be more excited about? Going to see Brisbane versus Wellington in a dull 4.30 game in in and around New Year's, or would I be much more excited to go and see Brisbane versus the Hobart Highlanders or whatever you want to call them? I would say Hobart Hurricanes, but I think... <laughs> That's taken. <laughs> That's taken. Yeah. But something That's like that, though, like, I would just be much more excited yeah. for that. Like, give us something new. Give us something to get excited about. Yeah. That's all I want for this expansion. And we'll yeah. get ready for um, South Melbourne and Southern oh. Expansion. Well, you know what? There is a small part of me which says, all right, 
bring on South Melbourne. Let them. Let's see if they can actually back up the talk of their fan base because, according to them, they're going to come in and do a Clive Palmer and dominate the league, teach everyone how to play football. Well, disappear in three years. That's good. <laughs> they do have a really good fan base down there. Oh, Same with Sydney yeah. Olympic. They. I'm pretty sure they have memberships. Mm-hmm. I'm like, haven't even heard of that in NPL up here, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. So that's just the way I'm. Go- that's just the way I'd actually go about it, but. But anyway. just choose the best bits, please. Yes. Um, I did actually see something very funny, though, uh, from Lucy Zelich, who was saying, uh, strap yourselves in. The FFA have put the game's issues at the top of their agenda because apparently they weren't there before. That was brilliant. Yeah, that was phenomenal. The other thing is, I would like to see some of these teams come up with stadium plans as well, not just playing in the bigger stadiums. Please go on. I see something Simon Hill said on Fox Football yes. podcast, but I think he was absolutely right. They need stadiums. Well, we talked about it with Vince last week that I know we need football grounds, but I don't think there is enough of a sporting culture to fully sustain, at least in Brisbane, a football-only ground. Yeah, there is no way. And Brisbane City have thrown their weight behind a growing campaign for redevelopment of Ballymore Stadium, saying the historic venue should be restored to its former glory. That's from the AAP on the World Game. The thing is, Ballymore's the worst place to actually travel to with public transport. You cannot physically get there. I feel we need Angela and Vince on at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Vince had the exact opposite opinion last week. He was talking it up. It's central, which yeah. is something. But it's, that's, that's a good thing. It's central, that's it, but even driving there. <laughs> yeah, no, where you're are you right. going to park? How, there's no, the closest train station is a 21-minute walk away. I'm not going to walk 21 minutes in the sun. Yeah, it's, it's something that does need to be addressed. And yeah. I still feel like out of the existing grounds, Ballymore is the best option because like Perry Park, we were there Saturday night and we were just going, it, it's not The doable. blueprint's not there. Yeah, it's not enough space to build oh, what you it, need. I would be happy to have Perry as long as they upgraded it. But I, in terms of the work, I feel like Ballymore is probably going to need less yeah. work, even though you might have to knock the whole thing down. Yeah, Perry Park, you're basically going to have to redo the whole block of land, including that car park just behind where they put the TV camera. Oh yeah, because I, I feel like that is essentially going to have to turn into a bus depot. You're probably going to have to upgrade Bowen Hill Station to take what need you a hope. walk bridge as well over to it. Yeah, so all of a sudden, like that's. You're going to have to do a lot of work in either area, but yeah, for me, it's Brisbane City and Ballymore. That would just be fun. That is not in any way being influenced by my stomach and the desire for pizza. (laughs) Anyway, I think that's about all the news stories we wanted to cover, right? Yeah. Yep. Sounds good. All right, we'll be back to preview this weekend's game. This is Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the final segment of the Brisbane Football Review. We're here for the Daily Football Show Fan Network. It's James, Scott and Angela. And segment four, we're going to talk about the Newcastle game coming up this weekend in the A-League. But before that, the bit of breaking news, the Australian Professional Football Clubs Association have released a statement about making a submission to the FIFA AFC delegation and we're going to talk about that next week because there is a lot to read and, quite frankly, I'm not awake enough to deal with it right now. Yeah, there's a lot of groups have meetings with them this week. Yes. So maybe not a whole lot of time to test out the lobster bath with the AFC. <laughs> but before we get into anything else, we're going to get into some plugs. Scott? Yes. I, I'm okay, Facebook, The Raw Review, Twitter, at Raw Review, Podcast, iTunes and Wooshka, email brisbanefootballview and gmail.com. And fan cams after the game somewhere. At the moment, are planning on, be- yeah. on going ahead. So yeah. 
I'll make sure the camera's charged. Yeah. Angela, yes. you've got a few contact outlets as well. Yeah, you can find the women's game um, at the women's game on Twitter and Instagram and at the women's game AUS on Facebook. We also have our brand new Twitter and Facebook, which covers all women's football in Australia. So at so on Twitter, you can find us at more women's game and our website, the, the women's game. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Covered it's everything. All, it's all there. It's all there. <laughs> Just search for it. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Saturday, Raw Newcastle, 4.35 at Suncorp Stadium. I'm actually looking forward to this game. It's been a while, hasn't it, since it's been a Naily game on for the Raw? Yeah, quite a while. Yeah. In Brisbane. I don't like these um, split rounds. I'm when so got, confused. When you've got no <laughs> Champions League games in the middle, they're kind I'm of I'm sure stuck. if the Raw made the Champions League group stage, we'll yeah. be saying, oh my God, that split round was yeah. brilliant. Yeah, we didn't yeah. notice them last year because of that. So, Well, they only had one last year. Yeah. But even so... Yeah, we still have the Champions League to yeah. talk about. Uh, Newcastle won both games against the Raw this yes. season. It, it was 3-2 in the Vargas breaks leg game. Are you sure about that? I thought it was 2-1. I can't remember. If, I, <laughs> I don't even know either. It was round Did I write 3-2? Yeah. Was, I'm pretty sure I was looking this up yesterday at work. I'll, and I what, it was I'll check it now while you keep talking. Yeah. Either way, that was the game where Vargas broke his leg and Macaroni had the offside decision. They had the goal ruled out for VAR because he... Had, offside in the build-up. Yeah, a bit. His five o'clock shadow was offside. <laughs> That's right. It's like matters with his knee offside. Oh, I'm still bitter about that. Oh, what are you complaining about? Anyway, um, week sixteen in Newcastle. That was a Friday night game where it was. I was a really weird game to watch. It was one nil. Newcastle just kind of almost dominated, but it was a very slow summer game almost. The funny thing is, I actually don't remember any of these games. Yeah, I don't remember <laughs> I don't that remember game either. I don't remember that far back. I don't I even know when week 16 was now. I'm the, I'm the senile one and I remember this stuff. <laughs> I did see today, though, that um, Pato was out injured with a calf strain for a month, so that's a blow to Newcastle. Not that we would ever celebrate injuries no. to opposing players. And it was yes. 2-1 to Newcastle, you're correct. Hey, I know something. Yes. Wow. 3-1 doesn't... 3 twos, yeah, sounds worse yeah. than 2-1. <laughs> but... Yeah, Newcastle love playing at Suncorp. Yeah, they do. Uh, the overall record there, Newcastle 11 wins, 3 draws and 4 wins for the Raw. And all time, it is played 39, Raw 14, Newcastle 16 with 9 draws. So, yeah, yeah it it's shaping up like Newcastle might win this game. On statistics. On yeah. statistics, but what's the cliche? This game isn't played on paper or something. And... Look, the Roar have won three of their last four A-League games. It hasn't always been pretty, but they Away fa- from home, though. The tactics that Roar are playing with the counter-attacking styles worked a lot better away from home this year than it has at home. That's my concern for this game. Maybe because Newcastle's so attacking, it might play into their hands, but at home, the tactics just haven't worked. Have we actually won a game at home? Two. Two? Yeah. Okay, I thought we On had track for the one. lowest home points tally ever. So the way yeah. I'd actually... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was very you don't know how to even <laughs> yeah. can't even do anything with that. <laughs> the way I would actually break this game down, though, I, it may be a little bit of an overreaction to last week, but this is going to be a big game for Christensen and Mackay, where if they can shut down Naboo and Petrados in the middle, yeah. that then they're going to win this game. Well, they'll definitely be fresh, because they've had... We'll have 15 days off from when the victory game was. So. And based on some of the players' Instagram feeds, they've been enjoying a bit of time at the beach yep. in the heatwave, so lucky them. Yeah. All I can say is, raw defenders, 
You know how Petrasso scores goals. Just defend. That's all I ask. Yeah, let him get inside the six-yard box all he wants. Just don't let him shoot from 25. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just add Andrew Nabu to that same category? Yeah, too? that one too. Yeah, yeah, him. Yeah. Anyone from outside the box, yeah. just no. But yeah, that that to me is where this game is going to be won or lost. Yeah. Where if if they can shut down Newcastle's, I suppose, long-range attack, they should be fine to try and hit them on the counter-attack because yeah. Newcastle are a good side to probably be able to sit back and try and hit them on the yeah. break. And at the other end, the, the Royal have found some something between Macaroni and Holman, and they've had another two weeks to work on that now. So I do think that maybe maybe they can continue that on, hopefully. Raw just got to do what Newcastle women's team did to the Brisbane Raw. <laughs> You just got to, yeah, beat them on the counter Yeah. Oh, well, no, Newcastle beat us, but that's okay. Yeah, they, they broke them on the counter-attack. Every single we... time they had a shot, yeah. they would go down and score. Just yeah. as long as you're that good at scoring, Raw, I'm not too sure. Well, they are getting goals in the last few games, <laughs> yeah. which, you know... It, it's We're not going to talk about that game when Macaroni missed a penalty, but hey. When was this? <laughs> yeah, I, I remember another. Was this the last home game? I remember I another big game around that weekend that was much, much more disappointing yeah. for me. <laughs> Seriously, how do you lose to Nick Falls? Anyway, do you I'm, want us to host the rest of the show where you get over that? Or? Yeah, I'm just going to go sit in the corner and cry. <laughs> anyway, I think we're officially off the rails yeah. now. <laughs> but. Yeah, we really planned this segment out well, didn't we? Yeah, we totally did. <laughs> yeah, we got to the stats, and that was pretty much yeah. it. Well, inj- well, we'll talk about the Raw's injuries. Just yeah. to finish up. Any players that you can see coming back into the squad this week? Well, there's a few of them who should be close to back if the media releases are correct. But the numbers are we'll right. We'll find out tomorrow, or Thursday when it comes out. Thursday, yeah. Yeah, when to see who's available. But I think it'll be basically the same side anyway, because John Alois is pretty set in his ways, and he's found something that works now. And He's giving someone like Shannon Brady yeah. a real run off the bench yeah. as well. So, you know, he hasn't. Yeah. I don't think he's played Newcastle this season yet. So, everyone loves Shannon Brady, the Shannon Brady supporters group. <laughs> yes, all two of them. <laughs> yeah. yes. Vocal, vocal, yeah. very vocal for his but appearances on the field. Yeah. I will give him credit. He has made the most of his opportunities yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Like, it would be nice mm-hmm. if he could score a goal, but careful, they'll come after you. <laughs> oh yeah, they're going to come after you now. <laughs> Wanting an attacking player to score a goal. That's a revolutionary yeah. theory. <laughs> no, he has done quite well off the bench, so you're right. He, he's got that pace that the Raw have kind of lacked up front. Yeah. And going forward, like you've got Bortiak, Fresh, Ben Kalfler as well. You've got the creativity there to hopefully cause a little bit of trouble. And, you know, I feel like the Newcastle backline is about due for a red card. That would be nice. Make things interesting. Bugard loves a red card here too. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, and I don't think he's been yeah. sent off yet this year. Which didn't he get sent off in the game up here? Or was I, it last year? That was last year. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Okay. Was it two years ago? These games are all seem to blend. In yeah, one, which is why the A League needs yeah. an injection of teams. But, but with the Raw, also it's important. They're running out of games. They're four points out of the top six. I know there's still some time left, but you have to make a move at some point. Well, one thing I actually noticed doing the A League preview at work was the fact that out of the sides around them, there is it is very conceivable that they could either gain points or, at the very least, not lose any ground. Because if you look, the Wanderers have the Derby. Yeah. Uh, who else is there? I'm... Adelaide play victory. Yep. Uh, Perth are playing... 
Melbourne City must be because I'm Wellington and Central Coast. Yeah. Is your Friday night blockbuster. Extraordinary game. <laughs> Which, a point I heard on the Fox Football podcast. You're looking forward to it, Angela, I'm clearly. I'm totally looking forward to it on Friday the, night. The, the point I heard on the Fox Football podcast that was actually very true is, imagine if the, even just the bottom team was getting yeah. relegated, how much more amazing that game would be. It would be interesting to see, but... <laughs> we'll worry about promotion. <laughs> yeah, relegation. we'll worry about promotion. That's another, that's another yeah. conversation. But, look, yeah, looking forward like, it is a, an opportunity, I suppose, you're playing at home, even though it is against a bogey side, you could very easily find yourself suddenly right back in the mix. It just shows the standard of the A-League, I'm just sorry, but <laughs> if Rohu has not played, well, not that they're not playing bad football, they're just not playing to the standard that we're all used yeah. to, can get into the finals playing the way they're playing. It really just says something about the way the league is it going. It does reward mediocrity, doesn't it, when 6 out of 10 get in? Yeah. yeah. I'm a firm believer in the 30 to 40% rule. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But... You don't need 16 teams out of 30 in the NBA. You don't need 16 out of 31 teams in the NHL. And you don't need 6 out of 10 teams in the A-League. I know they need the extra two finals games, but you could very easily just do the two-legged 1-4 and 2-3 to offset that. But It's almost like they tried that once before and it worked quite well. Well, that was how it was in the early yeah. stages. I, didn't didn't Raw do one one year with against Central Coast Mariners when we were they were top of the table, we were top of the table, yeah, that, and was yeah. home and away? That, that was 11-12. Uh, Postacoglu's second yeah. title year, where the Mariners won the Premiership and Graham Arnold yeah. suddenly decided that was the most important thing to win anyway. It's actually the Mariners who ruined that system too, because when they lost the major semi-final, they had the preliminary final next week at home and they had a really bad crowd. And they lost again, and Perth beat them yeah. that round too. Yeah, yeah that was that was actually really good to watch. That whole entire <laughs> finals football set out, because I'm pretty sure yeah. Perth already won in penalty shootout. If I'm not, if I'm... Yes. And it was brilliant to yeah. watch. <laughs> Yeah, because that's right. It was three six and four five. That was Gold Coast United's last year. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah. Anyway, I think we've stalled enough for yep. the final segment. That was oh wow, that was ten minutes. I'm impressed we got that far. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go back to our host tips right now. Oh, and Scott, we're starting yeah. off with you. Oh. I'll go for one all draw. Angela, this is a good question. You're picking for Adam <laughs> again. So, like, if you want to go for a rugby score or even a golf score. Well, last time we all picked them to lose, they won. So maybe we should just keep on that theory. <laughs> but if I pick them to lose, I'll, I'll do the opposite. So, if I'm going to guess Newcastle going to win two one, and hopefully my theme keeps running. <laughs> well, I am very much on board with that. I feel like Newcastle are good for two goals in this game, a minimum of two goals in this game. I actually think they're going to score three. I feel like the Roar are good for a goal or two here, but Newcastle, 3-2. So the- I feel like I should change my tip to a loss now. <laughs> it's, a theory. it's a theory. It's a theory, and it may turn out to be right. We'll have to wait and see next week when... I believe we're getting Adam back. No, he's, no, we sold him. What are you talking about? <laughs> he's just going to stay there. Yeah. He's not going to live with the camels. If, if he gets through custom. Yeah. He doesn't know yet, but we've sold him to... Yeah. Released his house. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's going to be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Angela, thank you very much for coming yep. on again. Thank, thank you guys you. for having me again. No I'm problem. surprised you're not sick of us. <laughs> It's like your fourth appearance on the show this year, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I'm actually was trying to figure that on the way here. I was like, how many times have I been on now? <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> And Scott, I think your Cal Ripken-like streak of appearances is still going. You're the only I have no idea not... what you're talking about. You're though. the only one to not miss an episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Is that what Cal Ripken means, is it? He never missed a start in baseball. Oh, okay. He had like 2,000 games played or something. Oh, wow. Something ridiculous like that. I'm eh? not going to get to 2,000 straight episodes. I can guarantee that. <laughs> I don't think this show's getting to 2,000 episodes. <laughs> I think if we go five days a week, we're still not getting to yeah, I don't think I'll get episodes. to 200, actually. 
Oh. No. Good to know. No, I don't think, I, I don't, I'm going to get to 200 straight, I mean. Ah, good. okay, yeah. fair enough. All right, so that's going to be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Get out, enjoy the football this weekend. Go Raw, and we'll speak to you all next week.